Welcome, thanks for listening to A Certain Degree. My name is Nick. I host a weekly radio show that gets turned into this podcast. You're listening to it right now. If you're an early riser, you can listen live every Monday starting at 7 a.m. on WPRK 91.5 FM. It also streams on WPRK.org, or you can subscribe wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Regardless of where you listen, this show is about people from the Orlando area who are doing something neat. People who make words appear on pages in an order that makes sense and conveys a story. You may also know them as writers, and this episode's guest is a writer, Rebecca Renner, from Florida, living in Florida, writing about Florida, as well as other places. I could have used a writer for this intro. For more on Rebecca and all of the other guests, please visit toacertaindegree.com. And now, on with the show. Tegan and Sarah on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. Good morning. My name is Nick. This is episode 126 of To A Certain Degree. I've been doing this for just over three years, and it has been an honor and a pleasure every week to talk to a very special guest. This week is no exception in that it's a very special guest and that it's an honor and a pleasure to talk to Rebecca Renner. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here. Get right up on that microphone. Hey, how's it going? Uh, pretty good. A little early. <laughs> yeah, it is very early. I appreciate you coming out this early um, and talking to me and chatting with me. We've uh, kind of known each other for a while. I've tried to have you on several, it feels like several dozen times. It was only twice, I think. Yeah, at least two. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, one time, natural disaster. Another time, a uh, would I you call it a personal disaster? Personal disaster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you moved for a job, and okay. uh, it wasn't everything that it was cracked up to be. Yeah, as jobs sometimes aren't. Yeah, and South Florida. I'm glad I'm back in Central Florida. <laughs> Very nice. Well, so we start out with a game, and uh, we'll talk about you and your writing and some of the stuff that you're doing. Now, uh, back here in Central Florida, uh, but first we start out with a game so I can get to know you a little bit better. So you and I, I would say, know each other, what, about 12%? Mm, I don't know. Uh, if you were to put a number on it, because writers are really, usually really good with numbers oh, yeah. and percentages. I don't know. 24%? <laughs> 24. Okay, that's good. That's more than I thought. So we're going to play a game. It's called Dark or Stormy Night. So instead of saying uh, an and in the middle or just saying yes or no or up or down to what I'm going to say, it's almost like a word association game. You're going to say Dark Knight if you're for something because, it, first of all, it's Batman. And second of all, most nights are dark. So okay. that's accurate. Uh, Stormy Night, if you're not, you're like, ah, it's not for me. And then maybe like if you're halfway, you're not really sure, maybe it's a 50% chance of rain night, if that makes sense. A what night? Uh, 50% chance of rain. Okay. So not quite stormy, but not just dark and clear and, uh, or Batman, for example. So dark or stormy night. Okay. Are you ready to play? Sure. Okay, great. How do you feel about summer break? Like when you were a kid having all this time to yourself? Uh, dark night. Dark night. Very nice. Uh, and so you grew up in the Daytona Beach-ish area. Is yes. that correct? Yeah. So we have that in common. Mm -hmm. That sort of horrifying childhood that we tried to escape. 
all the time every day, and yet we're still in Florida. That was too much. That was too much. When you were a kid and you were getting out of school, what did you do over the summer? Um, I was a summer camp kid. I oh, loved yeah. summer camp. Um, horse camp, basketball camp. I feel like I'm, I'm listing types of shrimp, boiled shrimp, fried shrimp. Yep. I think my parents liked camp because I would get into trouble otherwise, not like stealing stuff, but I was just one of those kids who would disappear into the woods and come back with things that they did not want me to come back with, <laughs> um, like tadpoles or larger live animals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least they were alive. Uh, usually, mostly. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, so I, I love doing things. Um, so it was the activities part of it. Were there like educational camps too that you enjoyed or was it mostly like things that you were doing outdoors? I want to get out there and, uh, and exercise and sports and stuff like that. There was definitely one that I think was um, like a, an ecology camp, mm-hmm. which was sort of the best of both worlds. And I don't remember what it was, but I do remember having to wade into water and, and catch critters on purpose and oh. so we were going to like do science things with them. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but I I remember liking that because I, I liked learning and I liked being outside. Um, and that's why I, I do environmental reporting now, because then I can go out and be a nerd and go kayaking and go swimming and, and messing around in the water and talk to people who are obsessed with uh, the outdoors and saving the planet. And, and then write about it. Yeah. And Very then get nice. paid for it. <laughs> oh, even better. Yeah. Uh, dark or stormy night, driverless cars. Stormy. Well, really not not for it. Mm-mm. What is it? A trust issue? Do you not want them on the roads? Do you not want to get in one? Well, I've I've been researching something about um, hackers and driverless cars, mm-hmm. um, and that kind of freaks me out a little bit. I I don't. I, I want my car theft to be analog. Are you concerned that they would try to steal it while you're in it? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> because I think it makes it more efficient if they are going to try to steal it. They're not going to break any windows. They're not going to like have to hotwire it. If they're going to steal it, they could just, and they could even just borrow it at night, right? Like when you're not using it, if it's just sitting there, they could steal it, use it for a little while and then bring it back. Uh, there's some movie with Will Smith in it that yep. um, all of the, the cars drive by themselves. Um, and I always think of that because I, I think the cars all start doing their own thing um, together. And that's what I think of, that all of the driverless cars um, will not do what we want them to do and They're do what get someone else wants them to I do. See. Or what they want to do. It's not that I don't trust technology. It's that I don't trust people. Oh, Yeah, that could be a problem. All right, that makes sense. How do you feel then, speaking of not trusting people, professional wrestling, dark or stormy night? I love the show Glow. Um, uh, Which one was it? Dark dark Night. Dark Night. Yeah. Okay, I was going to say, like, but that's fictionalized wrestling, but then all wrestling is fictionalized. So I think that works. Yeah. So you get to see the backstory of that. Do you watch or did you watch when you were a kid any professional wrestling? No, never. My my parents didn't even let me watch violent cartoons for a while. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is a violent cartoon? Because that's... 
Popeye. <laughs> basically could be all of them, right? Bugs Bunny and all of those. No, they had weird rules. Like I wasn't allowed to watch Popeye. And by they, I mean my mother. <laughs> Just Popeye? Popeye. Um, I don't know. I don't think she knew about the good Violet ones. So those weren't off the... Like I loved anime and that was way worse than... Oh, 100%. Yeah. Way worse than Popeye. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Uh, so this is in the process of opening. How do you feel, or if you have any feelings about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge over at the Disney Hollywood Studios? Do I need to do a dark or stormy? Yeah, or, dark oh. or stormy. Um, either. Was it 50% chance oh, of rain? 50% chance of rain. Um, I love Star Wars, but every time somebody mentions that, I think of my friends who are cast members. Yeah. Um, and they always post memes um, about being trampled. On the way to the <laughs> Star Wars Galaxy. No, trying to trying to turn people back because I think you need reservations or something. Oh, at, at first. this point now, yeah. yeah. Um, and just sort of like trying to hold back the tide of people um, <laughs> who aren't listening to them. And they, I, I think of them. I don't know how it's actually going to be. Um, probably be cool. Uh, I think my my tickets run out before it's open, but I don't. I enjoy that stuff, the the theme parks and the just going someplace and deliberately having fun. Deliber as opposed to undeliberately having yeah, fun, accidental fun. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. And then, so Star Wars. You said you me you mentioned you like the movies. Mm -hmm. So what about immersing yourself in that experience, like being surrounded by all of that? Uh, it sounds like the best of both worlds, or. When you're at a theme park, do you want to not be reminded of a pop culture reference or a, a sort of media behemoth, if you will? I don't know. Um, when I was a little kid, I used to like pretend to do like the had this. I didn't have a lightsaber because I could pretend a better one than mm -hmm. the plastic ones. Um, that was one of my. Uh, like the, the personal fantasies that you go to when you're, you're playing in the woods or something sure. um, that I, I, I didn't pretend I was a Jedi. I was a Jedi. Um, but so that's why I feel like it would be weird to go and do that because I don't think that I can have that uh, mental fantasy going on while I'm with so many people who are sweaty and loud and clamoring for expensive uh, souvenirs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, it, it's weird to share that fantasy with so many people, even though I, I know that so many of us love Star Wars. That's an interesting point though, because you want to be completely immersed in your own, like your ideal of what it's supposed mm -hmm. to be. And you can't do the, yeah, you have yeah. a lot of distractions. So if we could dress everybody up as aliens, that would be better. Yes. Okay. So we'll work <laughs> on that. We'll call uh, Disney. I know a lot of people over there, uh, higher ups, a lot of Disney officials listen to the show. So uh, we got it. Don't worry about it. We'll take care of that. All right. Okay. <laughs> great. Uh, you, and I'm sorry, we started out the set uh, of music uh, for the show with Tegan and Sarah with The Ocean from mm -hmm. their album, Sainthood. Uh, the reason I played that is because, of course, uh, you grew up uh, in Daytona Beach. We both grew up in Florida. And so I wanted to find out how you felt about the beach, dark or stormy night. Um, also 50% chance of rain. Yeah. Everyone who, uh, with the exception of a few people who grew up here in Florida, 
like from a very young age for sure um seems to have sort of mixed feelings about the beach so did you go a lot as a kid i know you went out into the woods and stuff did you oh, and yeah. do you go to the beach now um oh, i haven't been to the beach in like a year it's, yeah. it's been a while um but i i've always I think this is actually, I live in Orlando now, and I think this is actually one of the first times in my life that I have not lived someplace uh, with beach in the name of the town. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Was that a requirement for a long time? Yeah. Well, I, I love the beach, and I, I couldn't um, really navigate very well without a source of water for some reason. Mm. I just get lost. Um, but like in Daytona, everything is on a grid. And if you go one way for too long, you hit the woods. And if you go the other way for too long, you hit the water. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's really easy to know where you are. Um, but my mother loved the beach, um, but not in a, oh, let's just go to the beach and have fun. Like it was a, it was a thing. It was very regimented and we would, we would, um, like gear up for the beach sure. and everything had to be perfect. Um, and I think that's like, like the perfectionism is what sort of has kind of, I would, I don't want to say turned me off to the beach mm-hmm. because I still enjoy the beach. Also very pale now. So that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't help very much. Um, so you need spontaneous beach. Yeah, maybe. You need a beach to appear in front of you suddenly. Yes. Okay. Um, but I, I was a, a lifeguard for a little while when I was very tan. Um, and so I'm, I used to be a very good swimmer. Um, now I, I think I'm, I'm probably above average, but not like I used to, I, for a brief moment, I wanted to be a, a, a coast guard rescue swimmer. One of the people who dives out of the helicopters oh, yeah. to save people. Yeah. And I was, I was that good. Okay. Like that wasn't a weird fantasy stretch of the imagination like it was a okay i could go do this if i need to (laughs) so uh, let me ask you this if we could arrange for a helicopter over the ocean (laughs) okay great that would be a stormy night good to know i'm just trying to think of ways to re-engage you with the ocean and then as far as your swimming skills go you probably don't forget much of that do you no it's it's pretty easy um because i i was on the swim team for years and I swam with um the Lochtes if you've heard of them Ryan Lochte mm-hmm. um he was a few years older than me so I, I knew like his whole family and that was very much like the the Olympian I don't want to call it an aesthetic but like the Olympian ethos was very much part of like the swimming culture in the town and mm-hmm. in Port Orange um and so everybody wanted to go to the Olympics I wanted to go to the Olympics I still want to go to the Olympics, but maybe not for swimming because that's a lot of work. Right. Just to attend. Maybe No, maybe something less work. like Oh, curling. No, too cold. Um, I've been thinking archery. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. Okay, great. So we'll, uh, and you brought, I, I love how you brought your bow and arrow here today. I was wondering about uh, that. No. <laughs> and so that explains that at least. <laughs> how do you feel, Dark or Stormy Night, Colonizing Mars? So something else that's kind of intrinsic to Florida to an extent. Can we send other people there? Do you want to put a list together of the people you want sent to Mars? Like an Arya Stark kind of list? Yeah, of course. Yes. Um, I mean, there's a chance they may not die. Oh, well, mm. <laughs> <laughs> please don't, please don't name any names. <laughs> um, Dark Knight, I, I guess like I. But you don't want to go. 
Um, I don't like flying in airplanes. I, I don't think I would. Maybe if I was really, really old. Okay. So when you're older and we need, we're like, Rebecca, we need you to do some reporting on Mars. You could go there. And by then maybe they have like a decent hotel. Uh, they have a lot of farm to table. It will be mainly potatoes, but a lot of farm to table type of things. Red potatoes. Very red potatoes. Thank you for that joke. Um, couple of years, actually it was um, when I was still in college, I interviewed this guy who he was almost an astronaut. Um, as he, we, as we all are sometimes. Well, he was, he was much closer than the rest of us. He was, um, he was one of the, no, he was the guy who was the test pilot for the Apollo lunar lander. Oh, wow. Um, the, the videos and the pictures you see of it hovering above the ground and with the, the grass, like on, on earth, he's in it. Like that's him. Um, he's a little bit, uh, political now, but, um, which was interesting and he's gotten worse. Um, and I'm on his, uh, um, email list. Mm -hmm. So I, I know exactly how political he is. Um, but that was really cool conversation with him because he talked to me about NASA's really early plans to, to send people to Mars. Yeah. Um, and he, told me that um, that's how he met his wife. On Mars? Not on Mars, okay. but when they, NASA started looking for people to go to Mars. They were, they were, they were that far along in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was one of their engineers and they sent him. Um, and the people that they were looking for were women. Um, because, and the, uh, he told me the story that uh, they're like, okay, if we have all of these guys in the space capsule and it's just tiny little tight space, um, for years, they're, they're going to fight with each other. It's going to be terrible. So, but if you throw some women in there, yeah, I think the latest thing was like this is re- more recently that they wanted to do only women because they, um, quote unquote, would not have sex in space. And then Twitter laughed at them like, oh, sweetie, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, that might be a dated <laughs> sort of idea, um, but. The story this guy told me about his wife was really cool um, because they went to find these women who had these really epic jobs. They're like, who who do we know on Earth who is doing things like being in a space capsule, who we know for certain who could handle it? Um, and she was a submarine pilot. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, submarine captain. And when he met her, he was such a jerk to her. He did one of those, can I talk to your boss, sweetie, kind of things. And I... Don't know why she let him get much farther than that. Um, but she definitely handed his butt to him verbally. Nice. Probably literally later on. But yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, they do the test sort of like here's what it'd be like living on Mars over in Hawaii on this basically what's you know, an old lava flow. And so they try to they isolate the people, they're there for six months. And they, uh, there's even a delay on the communication. And I'm like, that sounds like a really cool Airbnb. Like just to live with a few people for six months in a small enclosed space. I don't know. No, De- not so much. Depends on the people and depends on the reading material <laughs> you have with you. Yes. Good point. Yeah. All right. Dark or stormy night sandwiches. Mm, also 50% chance of rain. Yeah. So you can't 
eat bread for yeah, the most part. Is that food correct? Allergy. Yeah. Um, I usually have to have gluten free bread, and gluten free mm. bread is not always very good. Correct. Um, so, in in the ideal bread world, where I could eat very good bread, I would like sandwiches, maybe. Um, but I also don't miss bread that much, so maybe mm-hmm. I wouldn't. <laughs> All right. Good to know. So do you ever do like a lettuce wrap or something like that? No, those are boring. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Uh, you're a writer. Mm-hmm. Cursive. Cursive. Dark or stormy night? Um, did you dark, have to learn it when you were a kid? I did. Yeah. And yep. so you still a fan of it? Um, I still use cursive. Um, it depends on the pen. I know, I'm I'm very weird with my pens and my my writing. You're my writing, writing utensils, accessories. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, and I have some pens that just work better with cursive. And sometimes you just feel fancy and you want to write stuff in cursive, um, or to I don't know hide hide the hide what you're saying from the person next year. But that doesn't always work, especially if you're next to somebody who is in your third grade class with you, mm-hmm. which happened one time, and she kept looking over my shoulder and 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 criticizing my spelling actually because <laughs> she could actually read what you're yeah. writing nice um you know, i like cursive uh but i i've been doing historical research and i've been having to read um handwritten letters mm-hmm. and that is very hard um because some of a lot of them are in cursive and it's very tight cramped tiny oops, cramped tiny cursive um and i keep thinking oh man i'm, I'm so glad i i was a teacher because i know how to decipher handwriting now <laughs> So when you're looking back at something like that, do you ever look at somebody's handwriting and go, ah, oh, I wish I could write like that? No. No? No. You like your handwriting or everyone else's is just that bad? I don't, I, my handwriting is imperfect, um, but I like it that way. Like I, I don't, mm-hmm. don't want to be one of those people who just labors over every single letter and things have to be perfect like a font. Um, and in, in college, I took Russian and we had to write in cursive Cyrillic. Oh gosh! Um, and that really did weird things to my handwriting. <laughs> um, like my handwriting never recovered, and but I also think that that is what makes my handwriting unique. Yeah. Um, and I, I get compliments on my handwriting sometimes, like the you know the little teenage girls. Uh, I used to teach high school, and the little uh, teenagers would compliment me on my handwriting. They're like. It's it's so unique. I like it. Like it's so pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, it's halfway between uh, cursive and regular. And I'm like, you could write. You could write like that too if you want. You could write however you want. You don't have to write in those big bubbly letters. Except they're legible, so please keep writing in those big bubbly yeah, letters. Yeah, so that's a that's a <laughs> high point. Maybe as a teacher, you don't want to tell people that. Yeah. All right, that makes sense. Uh, last question uh, for now: Dark or stormy night? Tiny houses. Mm. Tiny homes. In theory or in practice, would you want to live in one or? So in conceptually dark night, um, would I want to live in one stormy night? Um, I don't like tiny spaces, but I think that not like the super expensive tiny houses, but just the sort of regular concept of tiny houses um, might be able to solve a lot of the world's problems if we did it right Mm -hmm. Um, because we do have a major housing crisis and there are lots of people um, who are sleeping on people's couches who can't afford rent um, who who 
and this isn't as big of a problem in this part of central Florida, but um, even just in New Smyrna Beach or Daytona Beach, um, there are a lot of uh, people who are homeless. Um, and there are places in the country that have made um, sort of tiny house neighborhoods mm -hmm. to help people get back on their feet. Um, and I think there's a lot of value in that. Um, I, I, I sort of wish the, the hipsters hadn't taken it over. And every time I make fun of hipsters, in my mind, I go, am I one? Um, <laughs> if you look around the, the room and you don't know who the hipster is, it's you. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but I, I like the concept of tiny houses. Okay. Because I, I don't think we all need as much space as we seem to think we do. Right. But at the same time, every time I visit New York, I go, <gasps> I can't breathe. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the other extreme, right? Like, you know, 100,000 people every square block or whatever it is, mm -hmm. some some number like that. I'm not sure that that's accurate at all. That sounds I, like a lot of people. I don't know. In a very uh, small amount of space. Uh, speaking of a lot of people in a very small amount of space, this is not this. Uh, we wanted to, I wanted to wish Allen Ginsberg a happy birthday. Today's his birthday. He was born in 1926. He is no longer alive, but we'll still wish him a happy birthday. So I thought that would, uh, uh, that would appeal to you on some level as a writer mm -hmm. yourself. Now, I understand one of his most famous works is a poem called Howl. Mm -hmm. So I was going to ask you, how would you spell a howl in a work? Like if you were to be describing um, an animal or something. I'm assuming that's what the poem is, is just howling noises. Just a lot of O's? Yeah, okay. Is that what it is? No. Oh. Um, it's been so long since I've read that poem. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's just howling. Okay. That'd be funny, though, to go up uh, during a poetry reading and say you're going to read howl and just... And just start howling? Just howl. What's your best howl? <laughs> or like a quiet... Do a quiet howl because we're on the radio. I don't, I don't think I can do it quietly. Mm. That's more of a more of a ghost noise. Yeah, <laughs> that is a quiet a quiet howl is a ghost noise. I think we've discovered something. Mm. Thanks, Rebecca Renner. Where can we find out more about you? Um, well, I'm on Twitter a lot, a little too much. Um, so that's the place where you can probably like talk to me. Um, and that is at Rebecca Renner FL. Like FL is in Florida. Um, I also have a website. It's Rebecca-Renner.com. Um, also, RebeccaRenner.wtf works too. Really? Yes. That is one of the domains that I use, and that's fun. Um, I didn't even know that extension was out there. Yeah. Nice. I, I discovered it, and then I bought it. Well, as we all have to, yeah, now that we know about it. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much it. I'm, I'm everywhere, but that is where you can find the links to those other places. Perfect. Well, let's listen to a song. We'll regroup and we'll talk a little bit more about the stuff that you write, the stuff that you want to write, the stuff you should be writing, mm -hmm. the stuff you can write, the, all of those things. There's a lot of stuff we're going to talk about. The stuff I should never write. Correct. Awesome. I really wanted it. We have a, <laughs> this is actually an intervention yeah. about stuff you shouldn't be writing anymore. So a lot of people will be coming. They're on their way. I'll have to put down my explicit fan fiction. <laughs> yes no don't do that uh we'll listen to a song this is uh the blood group with borrowed tune on wprk winter park florida you're listening to a certain degree
Hey, you're listening to a certain degree, and I really appreciate you downloading or streaming or however you're interacting with this episode. It's hard for me to ask for your support because you're already doing so much just by listening to the sound of my voice. If you have the time and inclination, please subscribe to the podcast. Follow the show on whatever social media channel you want. And if you want to do more, let me know what you think. Email me, leave a review, DM me, whatever channel works best for you. Hey, it works best for me. Again, I really appreciate you. I really appreciate you listening. I really appreciate you being here and being present. Now back to the show. The Blood Group on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was borrowed tune from their album, Volunteers. Good morning. My name is Nick. I'm here with Rebecca Renner, author. Correct? Something like that. (laughs) Writer. Yes. Raconteur. Working on it. Pet owner. Yes. Uh, Central Florida resident. Yes. Um, what else do I know about you? Karate Mm-mm. amateur. Mm-hmm. I did want a trophy in karate once, but I think the I think the competition was very slim. <laughs> that's how. That's when you go into whatever it is that you're that's going into. That's how you win things. Yeah. Just enter things with very slim competition. Yep. I like it. I like your theory. It's how on I things. plan my life. Rebecca, uh, so you are a writer. Mm-hmm. You do it professionally. I do. Which is something that I think, you know, people often consider writers and actors and other artists as sort of this. There's this stereotype of, well, you're not going to make any money. You're going to be a starving artist. It's not something that you can go to college for um, and necessarily make money. Uh, and so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that sort of what were your plans coming out of high school? Was this something that you always wanted to do? And when somebody asks you what you do, do you automatically say I'm a writer? I do usually say I'm a writer. Um, but somebody, I introduced myself like that the other day and they went, oh, cool. Um, and then they started asking me about where I've been published in. And I started going, oh, like the Atlantic, the Washington Post. She goes, hold the phone. Like you buried the lead here. And I was like, well, I, I, I don't want to be that person who, who lists my bylines before my name, mm-hmm. you know? Um, when again, I think that's part of the stereotype, right? If somebody says they're a writer, that means, you know, in, in, in people's heads, that might mean, oh, they have a blog. Isn't a that blog. adorable? <laughs> you know? I'm very bad at blogging. I, I, there is a blog on my website, but I haven't updated it in a very long time. And I keep telling myself I need to, so maybe I should. I think when you have that much paying work, though, and you are getting your name out there in other ways, that's, you know, a, a blog isn't necessarily something to fall back on when you don't have paying work. But at the same time, if you have a lot of it, if you have a volume of work, you're showing what you want to talk about through those things. I treat it more as a, for me, as a sign of life. That I'm, that I'm, I'm still alive and functioning. Um, that like the the website is still being updated. Um, so currently, no signs of life. Um, but you would ask, uh, did I go to college for this? Yeah, and did you always want to be a writer? Like when you were getting older, uh, high school, uh, middle school, that sort of thing. Were you enamored with it? Did you, was there a point where you were like? 
I enjoy putting words on a page and seeing how people react to it later on. Well, I was 15 when I started writing my first novel, um, 16 when I finished it. Um, predictably, it was not very good. Um, unpredictably, it was about pirates with superpowers. Um, that does sound like something I would read. My, I don't know. Um, my grandmother, you know how your your grandmother is supposed to be very... Uh, She's just supposed Supportive to tell you. Yes. Yeah. Um, this is great. She this told is me it was terrible. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Um, she's like, you can do better than this someday. You need to keep working. And I think having that kind of family helped me a lot. Because mm -hmm. there are so many people who say, I want to be a writer. Um, and their family either goes, oh, good job, sweetie. Or, oh, you can't make money at that. And I did not encounter either of those things which is very strange. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was the person who wanted to be other things because I didn't think that I could make money at it at first. Um, when I graduated from high school, I started at UF as a botany major. Um, stuff that I still use in reporting all the time, currently reporting something um, about a food forest. And so I talked to a guy who... Uh, his entire job is dealing with trees. Great. I talked to him for a half an hour and I loved it. Um, and you had some relatable sort of uh, uh, experiences because of what you did at UF. Mm -hmm. okay. um, but then I, I transferred from UF to Stetson um, after having switched majors like six times. Um, and then at Stetson, I switched majors three times again. And I finally landed on the English major. And uh, around that time, my dad was uh, in chemotherapy. Um, he eventually ended up dying of colon cancer. But, um, and this was no pressure at all, his life goal, and he said this to me, very explicit about it, his life goal was that I would graduate from college. Okay. Um, so that was, um, interesting. It, it, it certainly affected my, the choices of the classes I took because, uh, when you know, you can't, you're not allowed to fail. Um, you make decisions a little differently. Um, so you put some pressure on yourself because yeah. of what he said to graduate faster. No, um, I actually graduated, so I did IB in high school, so I had essentially an AA. I could have probably graduated in two and a half years mm -hmm. from college. Um, I took a little longer than the standard full years. I took four and a half years. Um, I don't know. Uh, it, <laughs> I'm sometimes I am a very good student. I like to learn things and other times I get very bored and I stare out the window. Um, and I, I like to blaze my own trail, so to speak. And so whatever classes would let me do what I wanted to do, oh, those were the classes were. that I, I did the best in. Um, so I had classes. I was very lucky to study with a novelist named Mark Powell. Um, and if you are in creative writing in Central Florida, you may have met him. Um, very nice guy, 
nine, like such a nice guy. Um, six and a half feet tall, southern as can be. Um, he had a fan club at the the university because uh, ev- everybody wanted to, and by everybody I mean all of the the girls wanted to come hear him read his work because he had this southern accent that everybody loved except me. Um, where I felt ambivalent towards his accent because it was just like, I don't know, somebody saying they have a crush on your dad. <laughs> nice. Um, but I would take uh, sort of individual study, independent study classes with him where I would read a set of books that I said I was going to read, like the, the classics of Southern literature, um, which was my, my focus. Or I one year I wrote a novel, um, which some people thought parts of it was good, but I think it was not quite right. Um, I think I've gone off on a tangent. Yeah. I, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. That's good because it's, it's interesting to hear how you came to uh, the conclusion of your college career and mm-hmm. experience. And so you weren't feeling any particular pressure to finish quickly, but you knew how you operated well in classes. You know how you interacted well in classes. And at some point you get to a point where you want to take the classes that appeal to you the most, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's what you're describing is that sort of experience and approach. And they happen to be, it sounds like, in English and in creative writing. Yes, most of them. Um, I took a few classes in other things, uh, but I found that English would allow me to study everything. Mm-hmm. Let, it let me study whatever I wanted because when you're writing, you're not just writing about writing. I mean, you can be, but that exhausts your um, subject a little quickly um, unless your your knowledge is very deep. But I could... Like I could talk or I, I could write about plants and I could write about um, the environment or I could write about history or I could write about animals or I could write about people. Um, the possibilities were endless and I didn't see that with any other major. Just jumping to now where you're pitching, writing assignments to editors and you're receiving either feedback on those or well, can you do this? Mm-hmm. You know, can you write on this? Um, do you feel like there's never a dull moment because of the variety of things that you can report on? It sounds like that's the way you're describing it. I, I try to keep myself entertained because I think if I was doing the same thing all the time, I would get bored. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, when I was growing up, my worst nightmare was to be an office drone. Um, I'm not even joking. Like I, I wrote a play that was uh, about actuaries and it was just like the, the worst. Well, the play was actually the worst, but um, the <laughs> just sort of the life they had to leave to me was the worst. I'm sorry, actuaries out there. A lot of actuaries listen yes. to the show. Um, I'm so sorry. Uh, send hate mail <laughs> uh, to my Twitter. I might not see it. Um, but... So if I find something interesting now, something so interesting that I want to know more about it, um, I can try to write about it and I can pitch about it. Um, so that could be, I do a lot of environmental writing just because that's what I'm passionate about. And I mm. do like being able to, to go outside and go talk to people um, for a living. 
Um, but I've also been doing science and engineering stuff. Um, I'm working on something right now that has to do with um, uh, like space, uh, like launch vehicles. Um, I, I like to write about Hollywood history too. Um, just whatever sort of floats my boat and that uh, people enjoy reading also. Um, that's sort of where I try to land what I like, like the Venn diagram of what I like and what everybody else likes. Cause sometimes there are things that I like that nobody cares about and I can't that, get paid that for does them. Happen. <laughs> that does happen on occasion here or there. Uh, going back to high school, was it always understood that you would go to college as soon as you graduated? Oh yeah. Um, definitely. I, it, well, that was sort of the, the culture at my school too. Um, only and like looking back this is not true um but we felt that if you wanted to go someplace in life um your only option was college um and there there are people who i did go to school with who didn't do that um one i am thinking of in particular ended up a bounty hunter um because that was his family business mm. daytona um <laughs> I think somebody else I knew uh, ended up an alligator wrestler there and there's weird stuff like that. Amazing. Um, but a lot of us did go to college. I know a lot of, a lot of pharmacists for some reason. Um, they make very good money. Uh, I know a lot of doctors. I know, I know a lot of people who own their own businesses or just starting their own businesses. Um, and I, I think for a lot of us, the college path was right. Um, because it gave us the sort of the structure um, to figure out how to teach ourselves things. Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of us, uh, other than the, obviously the, the pharmacists and the doctors, a lot of us have sort of um, been figuring it out on our own and you have to make, make your life the way you want it to be. And that is not something that is sort of laid out on a map. You just sort of have to figure it out for yourself. And I think, I think for a lot of us, college was really good for that, especially the liberal arts, because you get to explore and then you do get to learn how to teach yourself things and learn how to learn. And I think, well, I mean, obviously I, I am speaking from the point of view as a former teacher that once you know how to teach yourself things, right. um, that's, that's when your life can start. And that doesn't mean that you need to go to college, but it does does certainly help a lot of people. The structure, the deadlines, yeah. there's something about it because left to my own devices, I think I've mentioned this on the show before, I probably wouldn't do a podcast. I probably wouldn't prep for it. You know, part of the reason I do that is because I feel obligated to, I'm having a guest and so I want it to be a good experience. So I want to prepare for it. But I also need that deadline of every... Monday at 7 a.m., I'm here, whether I'm ready or not. And so that gives me the push that I need in order to do that. So maybe that's, you know, we're coming up on bad business ideas. Maybe that's <laughs> one where we just show up at your house at a certain time every month or every week, and you have to have something ready, whatever your this passion project is that you're trying mm -hmm. to do. Like a surprise life coach. Yes. That's horrifying. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's not like we're physically threatening, but we could be if that's what motivates you. Yeah, you could select that option. Yeah, absolutely, from the drop-down <laughs> list on the app that we will create. I think that's it a really good more. idea. Uh, actually, we could discount that one. We should charge more for the ones where we're nice. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll work on that. Uh, next hour coming up is, of course, uh, Bad Business Ideas. I wanted just briefly to talk about, um, so you came out of college mm-hmm. at some point. Did you go directly into teaching or were you jumping around there for a little bit? Um, well, for, for I'd say about a year and a half, I was taking care of my dad who was still very sick. Um, and at the end of that, he passed away and I did not have a job because that was my full-time job. Mm-hmm. Um and I was sort of cast adrift at that point. I didn't know what I was doing um, because I, I had an English degree and everybody all of my life told me that you can't do anything with an English English degree except teach. And I listened to them and I, I very much regret listening to all those people. And I don't regret my English degree. And although if you're listening to this and Rebecca listened to you at some point about the English degree, you were wrong. Yeah, I will fight you. <laughs> Um, no, I, so, but you did go into teaching because of that eventually, but before that I was a CNA, um, which was, well, now it's the second worst job that I ever had. Um, there's literal poop involved. Um, I took care of two 100 year old people. Um, one was a, an abusive old racist judge. Um, and I'm not even like speculating that he was racist. Like he was actually like very openly racist um and another woman who her her daughter was rich and awful and classist and i she essentially scared me away from um i was thinking about going into nursing school and Mm. i was like you know what you you like thank you for making up my mind for me oh Um, that was nice and i and i quit and then i started substitute teaching and I did teaching classes Um, and after substitute teaching for a while I got a really good job as a high school English teacher Um, the school where I worked somebody literally had to die for me to get that job Um, and uh, this woman was very beloved and so my my first couple of months of teaching full-time I was essentially there to help the students grieve her mm-hmm. um and the, the 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 guy who was in the position before that who was filling in he did not understand that and he was very hard on them and i was pretty much like, like i know this is rough yeah i can't fill in for yeah. her i can't you know step into these shoes but i can help you yeah and and that was what they needed and that's what uh sort of helped me stick with the job because the everybody could see that it was night and day for those kids. Um, and they were all seniors, so they could finish high school. Um, and that must have been terrifying to have, like, your hardest class. They were, like, the really low-scoring kids' hardest class. Your teacher who cares a lot about you dies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I taught there for another couple of years um, before taking a job as a... Um, what was that? a staff writer at a business magazine? And that was the worst job I ever had. Um, a lot of business magazines listen to the show. Oh, yeah. So we're not going to name names. I hope they I hope they are. They know who they are. Um, but that was in South Florida. 
and um, it was really bad. Like I, I was bullied by my coworkers mm. and lied to by my sexist boss. Um, and I kept thinking about quitting and I kept thinking about quitting. And then they, while I was, uh, I think I was in, I was in Brazil, I think, um, doing something for graduate school. Um, and I was just about to graduate from graduate school with my MFA. Um, I learned that they had hired somebody for the job that I had originally interviewed for, which was a, a data journalism job. Cause I'm, I'm very good at writing about numbers. Um, and any particular numbers or just in general, uh, seven through 12. Okay, good. Um, good. no, um, so a few prime numbers, but not too many, but I, I had had, uh, some really good bylines even even then um like the i had have something in the washington post about hurricanes and i um like i ran my own numbers for that like i did my own statistics um and so i was more than qualified for the job that i interviewed for um and i learned while i was in brazil that the guy who they had chosen um had no no good bylines didn't have a graduate degree, um, he just in every way not as qualified as me, except he was a dude. And I was like, you know what? And I sort of like wiped my hands of them and this is awful, but when I got back, I, I thought I was going to have like a heartfelt, like, I'm so sorry I'm leaving, but you suck. Um, and I, I walked in and everybody was in a meeting and I was like, oh, okay. Then I left all my stuff there. I left my key to the office and I beat it. That was it? And that was it. And they were so mad. They were so awful. Um, and then I told the, the HR person all of the terrible sexist things that my boss had said. And he was demoted. Very and nice. a woman was hired to replace him. Sometimes there are happy endings in life. Just a couple here and there. Yeah, that you was, take the ones where you can That was them. poetic justice. It was beautiful. Very nice. Well, Rebecca, we got to take a break. Uh, we are actually at the end of the first hour already. Ooh, I made it. Time flies because I'm such a joy to talk to. Oh, yeah. Let's assume that. <laughs> uh, I picked this song. It's by Spy Mob. It's called It, get, it Gets Me Going because mm-hmm. I've met your dog, Daisy. And so this is a song written from the perspective of a dog about how happy they are when they get to do little things. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So we'll listen to that on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. This episode was recorded live on June 3rd, 2019 on WPRK 91.5. FM. You will hear things on WPRK that you won't hear anywhere else. Every person you hear on air is a volunteer. That's why it's a little bit different than every other radio station. People play what they want to play. People play new and interesting things that you may not have heard or you may not hear anywhere else. Maybe you have some music you'd like to submit for airplay. Or maybe you own a business that you would like to provide underwriting for the station for for which you want to provide underwriting for the state. I'm bad at English. Get to WPRK.org and talk to the wonderful students who help keep the wheels of college radio going round and round. There's always something interesting happening, so listen early and often. Now, back to the show.
Marsha Griffiths on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, from her album Truly. That was Baby. Oh, Baby. I don't know if that's how she wanted me to pronounce it, but mm. that's how I did. Before that, we heard from Sp- Spy Mob. I almost said Smypob. Same thing. Pretty. Actually, might be a better if Spy Mob. If you're listening, uh, consider changing the name of your band and all of your branding. It would only be two letters, though, so it wouldn't be that bad. It Gets Me Going from their self-titled album. Good morning. My name is Nick. I'm here every week, and every week I have a very special guest. Every week from 7 to 9 a.m., you hear me and a very special guest. I talk to them. We discuss things. Uh, It's an interview. Yes. Okay, great. Rebecca (laughs) Renner is here. Rebecca, where can we find out more about you, follow you, and uh, learn of your writing and the things you have coming down the pike and things that have already been published? Well, uh, my website is Rebecca-Renner.com. A uh, more interesting one is RebeccaRenner.WTF. Very nice. Um, I'm also on Twitter at RebeccaRennerFL, FL as in Florida. Uh, Twitter's the most lively one of those. Um, my website has a blog, but it is, uh, haven't, I don't think I've updated it this year, so... So to, <laughs> to show that you're still alive yes. is the Twitter account. Yes. It sounds like yes, where yes. we need to go. Mm-hmm. And you have, um, uh, especially if you're a writer, I would encourage you to follow Rebecca on Twitter because you have a lot of questions. You have a lot of good advice for people. You get into some arguments too here and there, which can be entertaining. Not as much as most people, honestly. Well, that would be difficult because yeah. most people on Twitter are there for the arguments. Mm-hmm. You're there to disseminate information and ask questions. I think is... I'm there for attention. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to put a better spin on it. Uh, but speaking of attention and my constant need for attention, this is a segment that we're going to do now called Bad Business Ideas. Bad business ideas, it's time to pick just one, it's gonna be totally legal, we hope it won't hurt anyone, so come on, have some fun. Yes, bad business ideas, where we not only ask where's the beef, but also why the beef, and how the beef, when the beef? Where the beef? Oh, no, we know, that's, that's the cow's. We know that answer. Sometimes. Oh, um, that's a good time. point. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. Thank you for reminding me that. Um, as you may already know, this is the portion of the show where I present two incredibly researched business plans to you, and you have to pick one. So we can discuss it. You can kind of give your feedback. This is, you know, having a subject matter expert like you on uh, that's obviously so good at business that you just business all the time. I mean, you write about business. Is that true? Have once. Okay, great. That's I did write for a business magazine. I've tried. I try to blot that part of my life. There you go. Out of my memory. There you go. Now, as I mentioned, these are incredibly researched. I don't just come up Mm -hmm. with these the night before, or in fact, as I'm talking right now, trying to think of two terrible bad business ideas. Oh yeah. And uh, I'm certainly not stalling for time by telling you that I don't think up things right, or by speaking very slowly oh i believe you that's that would be ridiculous uh are you ready to get started i suppose okay because i'm done stalling at this point rebecca may call you rebecca you already have great 
There's an escalating war in the digital world and our social media feeds. A fight for eyeballs and clicks with more and more complex tactics and combinations of manipulative content. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Cute animal videos. Mm. Cute animal videos have been a regular feature of the internet since the very beginning, but just like sex and violence and Game of Thrones, we've become desensitized. Desensitized? Mm -hmm. That's the better word. To normal cute animal videos, we need more and more elaborate situations, multiple animal species sometimes, before a video can thaw our cold, dead hearts, right? Yeah, like the, the dog who's friends with the elephant. Exactly, exactly. So, for example, if you pretend you were just to send me a cute cat video right now, just a single cat doing something cute. Right, here is one single cat. Right, I'm going to look at it, and I'm going to throw my phone across the room because it is not cute at all to me. Oh, no. I don't know that I'd have that violent a reaction because it's still a cat, but... I need a golden retriever and an elephant who are friends, a puppy and a baby deer, a lion and a bear, a camel and a goat, an owl and a cat, a chimp and a hippo, chimpo, if you will. I was watching a video yesterday of a baby alpaca and one of those hairless sphinx cats. Mm -hmm. Like that was bizarre. I mean, I'm thinking, you know, have we gone too far with this? One needs to give the other one a sweater. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. I'd watch that. Okay. But we haven't gone too far. We haven't gone far enough. So that's where our new company, Funny Farm, comes in. So this is part of the pitch. Okay. We've started a new company, or we will start a new company called Funny Farm. This is one of your choices. The relationships in cute animal videos will only become more complex, so we're going to get ahead of that trend and merge animals in a way that is not only adorable, probably very dangerous as well. Funny Farm will feature what we hope are very well-trained biologists and zoologists and animal whisperers, an expert videography team, and a lot of really adorable creatures shoved into the same enclosure until they become friends. I was afraid for a second that they would be uh, genetically spliced together, so this is much better. That is where eventually we'll have to go. Because again, step two. But let's talk about potential video titles. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm going to oh, come up with I, I'm, I'm I a writer, so sure. I am bad at titles. <laughs> <laughs> baby Narwhal gives rides to a koala bear. Chinchilla and Baby Chameleon are best buds. Hummingbird plays with newborn otter. Red Panda adopts orphaned walrus. Sounds complicated. Yeah, very complicated. But we know that people are going to get desensitized to that. They're going to become fickle and they won't even like those anymore. What's next? Mm. Not genetic engineering. That's actually step three. We're not only going to have videos of cute animals and them being pals and stuff like that. We're going to take those animal pairings to unlikely places as well as create a volume of the cute animals within the video. So some, of example, some examples of those include Baby Narwhal gives rides to 25 koala bears. See, now it's not just succession. two animals. No, they're all going to be on top of that narwhal. I Mm. think the narwhal is big enough. That's where the biologists come in. Chinchilla and baby chameleon are best buds while taking a Tesla on a joyride. Mm. Now we got product placement. Sounds dangerous. Yeah, exactly. Hummingbird plays with newborn otter at a Pottery Barn Kids. Again, more product placement. 243 red pandas adopt 132 orphaned walruses. There are too many characters to follow here. 
No, because they're <laughs> all the same. There's just more of them. Like tessellated? Yes. I don't know what that means. Like how they put your cheese on a sub? Yes. In triangles. Yes. So yeah. they fit together. I love it. And then eventually <laughs> genetically engineered animals. What do you think of Funny Farm so far? We're going to be creating content for the internet, which there's, let's face it, there is not enough content on the internet. Hmm. So. Agree or disagree? <laughs> no comment. Okay. Um, <laughs> mm. Different idea. You have the farm and you let people take their own pictures. With so the we cute just put things. the animals together. So it becomes a destination. Yeah. And then an, we're just combining in, an the animals. Insta farm. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Okay. Insta farm. Yeah. So that's, that's idea, just no, idea number one. Are you ready for your next idea? Okay. Okay. Have you ever had a bad haircut? Yes. Great. What about a mani or petty or a bad meal? Uh, had a bad manicurist. Good. Lots of bad meals. I've cooked some of them. Okay. No, no, no. When you go out, I mean. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. Okay. This is perfect. So you are understanding the experience of which I'm about to describe and fix, okay. by the way. You can check Yelp for an overall rating of someplace, right? But sometimes someone is just having a bad day. They get some news they didn't want or expect. They talk to their family, which always bums people out. And then they have to cut your hair. So it's not a good situation for you to be in as the customer. And of course, I keep focusing on hair because A, I have a lot. Mm -hmm. But B, that's one of the most important and distinguishing factors that we have. It's our best foot forward if that foot was on our head, as our hair is, not our actual foot. I do have hairy feet as well. So when we have a disgruntled hairstylist or barber, it could lead to some terrible ramifications. You just stay in the house. Your self-confidence takes a hit. You're not going to all of those church socials that you would normally be going to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is there a way to measure how upset someone is before they cook your food or cut your hair? Probably. Yes, you can with our new app called Mad Skills. It's simple. You just download the app. Okay. And then you order the reader and it kind of looks like headphones, but it's really a number of EKGs that you have to stick on somebody so we can measure it. Right. But super simple. Is Theranos involved? Is there what? Theranos. Theranos is not involved. We're not doing any blood stuff. Um, That might come later. But we are hooking them up and you walk into a place. So this is how simple it is. You You downloaded the app. We've all done that dozens of times before. Yes. You go into the place. You say, hey, I would like my hair cut, but let me hook you up to this monitoring system and then ask you 45 to 60 questions. All right. So simple so far. At the end of it, based on their answers and the readings from the Mad Skills app, you know if they're in the danger zone or if it's safe to get a haircut. Hmm. How much is that worth to you? Seems like a violation of privacy. Huh. That's interesting. I had not thought of that. This is why this is good to talk to you. Mm-hmm. So that's idea number two. That's Mad Skills. All you have to worry about is whether they know what they're doing. You don't have to worry about them being mad. Or, let's face it, we go back to Funny Farm or Insta Farm. That's another one. That's the evolution 
of cute animal videos. That actually also works if we're genetically splicing. Mm-hmm. That would be a really good yeah. tagline for that one. What if your hairstylist is vindictive because you have used this elaborate app on her? Uh, is so there a different app to tell if she is vindictive? We could have a vindictive part of it, or as part of using mad skills, you may just not go to the same person twice. Mm. I already do that, so. <laughs> just go to a different person every time. Yes, I, I use them up like a, like plucking petals from a flower. <laughs> she likes me. She likes me not. <laughs> so which is it to be? Mad Skills or Funny Farm? Oh, they both or seem Insta pretty Farm. bad. Thank you. Um, I do like the improvement you made to Funny Farm, though. Yeah. I I always like my own ideas better than other people's. Okay. So the actually, Instagram it's, it's petting true. zoo. Yes. That is actually a really good idea. Yeah. And, and, but you have to sign a waiver if you're, you, if for all of the animals, not just the lions. Oh, because I think waivers are There are, are always... lots of Instagram accidents. Yeah, that's true. I wonder what the statistics are for Instagram related deaths. It's, I'm very interested in that actually. I mean, even if it's just one a year, it's too high. Oh, it's way more than that. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. All right. So is that the one you're going to go with? Yes. Insta Farm. The Instagrammable petting zoo. Yes. Hopefully with not too many apex predators. Why? They're so Instagrammable. That's true. Waivers. Okay. So tons of waivers. Yes. To get in. Okay. I like that. Well, thank you for that. We'll leave it at that for now. Let's play a song. It's not a, a business idea song. We'll just play a okay. song. Okay. This is Soframento from the Valdemar, or I'm sorry, I almost said the Valdemar brothers, but it's Valdemar Bastos. Um, and Sofriento, Soframento means mm-hmm. suffering. So that seems right after doing bad business ideas as an appropriate song. Perfect. All right. How many animals do you think we'll have? Uh, depends on how big of a loan we can get. Okay, great. Yeah. Let's look at that. Because animals can't be that expensive, right? I mean, if we get two of them, we can just make more. Oh, yeah. Two of every animal. Instagram will Noah's Ark. Yes. Perfect. (laughs) Get the religious crowd there, too. And you'll hear that on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. If you live in Central Florida, you may already receive the downtown community paper. If not, it's available at any number of local merchants and online at otownpaper.com. One reason you may want to check it out, I write for it. There's a story about the Fringe Festival's lottery process and the terror and thrill that goes along with winning. In upcoming issues, I interview Opera del Sol's Nicole Dupre and the Orlando Magic's Pat Williams. Guess what? A lot of other great writers and good info about what's going on in the downtown area also appear in the magazine, and on the website, otownpaper.com. If you like the feel of newsprint in your hot little hands, and you like information, and you like ink as well, pick it up. Now back to the show. Valdemar Bastos with Soframento from his album Pretaluz. I hope I'm saying all of those things with the right dash of accents and things of that nature. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to a certain degree on WPRK. 
Winter Park, Florida. I'm here with my very special guest, Rebecca Runner, who's here with me for another half hour or so. Hello, good morning. And, and then I will release you back out into the world. Oh, no. To write? Yes. To potentially consider visiting the beach? No. Okay, great. Um, let me ask you this when it comes to music and your interaction with music mm-hmm. uh, and writing, right? So writing is an inherently creative process. Yes. What are you listening to or do you listen to anything? Everyone has seems to have a little bit of a different approach when it comes to music and the creative process. I usually don't listen to music when I'm writing. I find it distracting. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I listen to uh, soundtracks, but I haven't been doing that in a while. Um, I, I just try to have some peace and quiet I need to if I need to drown things out lately I've I've been using um rain sounds which sounds just so boring but it's very peaceful so so you have that in the background and you're yeah writing away chipping out the... I haven't done that recently cuz I Never. haven't had to drown anything out cuz luckily my apartment um except for my dog is very quiet interesting yes. when you're stuck mm-hmm. a little bit of writer's block what do you do then um, I usually go for a walk or I read something. That's about it. Okay. Yeah. Usually if I'm on a deadline, I don't really have the luxury of, of being blocked. You just so, power through. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, has it become almost muscle memory for you at this point where, you know, you don't get blocks as much, you find? Um, hmm. I I don't think I, I really do. No, I I write badly though. I think that is that is the problem that I have. Like I can write usually all the time, but that doesn't mean I can write well all the time. Um, so sometimes I do a lot of deleting. Um, I think uh, a couple of weeks ago I was uh, working on an essay for Literary Hub about uh, the the making of the To Kill a Mockingbird movie, and I finished half a draft, and it just. It read like a bad book report. Mm. And so I just deleted it. I just deleted the whole thing and start over. And uh, the what I ended up with was actually very good. And it should be running um, this month, I think. This month. Is that something you found where your second draft is usually better than your first if you have time to do an entire one? Or do you like to edit what you did? I usually edit as I go, which a lot of people say is not good, but I, especially if it's something shorter, I'd much rather have something that is good to give to my editor so they can then make it better as opposed to something bad that they have to slog through um, because then they won't want to work with me again. Mm -hmm. That's kind of important. It's an interesting sort of approach, right? Like, you know, you think of writing a book. Mm-hmm. and you write the first draft and then you edit, 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 um, as opposed to having, well, you might have this for a book too, but you have multiple audiences when you're writing articles typically. Yeah. So you've got the, you know, your person at the paper uh, or magazine or wherever it's for website. And then you have maybe almost the internal staff that has to look at it as well or sometimes looks at it. And then it goes out to the actual reader. I, I trust my editors a lot. They're mm-hmm. they're all really smart people and they know what they're doing. So I'm essentially writing for myself and them and then they take it from there. You write a lot about stuff going on in Florida. 
Yes, sometimes. I mean, you're located here, yes. Pigeon, so that helps in mm-hmm. terms of, but you're also, as you mentioned earlier, passionate about the environment mm-hmm. and uh, stuff that's happening in Florida specifically, stuff that gets you outside mm-hmm. and writing about that sort of thing. Um, is that something that is important to you, like representing the state accurately or in a way? Oh, yeah. I... I'm very bothered by the stereotypes of this place because it seems like they were created by people who have either never been here or they've only been, you know, like to Disney World and then to visit Bubby and Boca. And they just sort of uh, like have gleaned things from headlines. And um, I've talked to the guy who is the the main person who does the Florida man headlines. And he's very nice and he's very funny. Um, but he's also one of the first people to stand up and say like, Hey, this there, there's a reason that it seems like our state is like this and a state is actually not like this. Um, and the reason that there are so many Florida man stories is because of our public records laws. Um, because it's so easy to get, um, arrest records very quickly. Um, it's and all get, of the details. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know when they started doing this, but it became very easy fodder for daily newspapers to publish these wacky Florida man stories because they're just right there. It's mm-hmm. so easy. Hmm. Um, and of course, it's entertaining because we love weirdos. Um, but in a state of several million people, you know, the, the percentage of weirdos is really no higher than any place else. And I usually say that our weirdos are mostly imported um, because the, the, the warm weather attracts yeah. them. What is the percentage of weirdos in any given state at any given time? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Um, well, I think that we, we keep, we keep a, a, a good part of them in Key West. Uh, yeah, that's actually. true. Actually, yeah. but they sort of keep to themselves. Those are the extreme end of weirdos. Um, Literally and figuratively. Literally and figuratively. But I, I like those weirdos. Mm. They're 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 there to be weird and they're you know screw everybody else who like has any opinions on them. Like we can learn from those weirdos. Mm-hmm. Um but like the lots of people have been throwing alligators at other people lately. Um those don't sound like actual Floridians to me. No. Like, we'd never throw like people who are from here would never throw. We don't throw alligators usually. Right. Um I have never thrown an alligator. Trebuchet, that sort of thing. Yeah, I would do that with an alligator, of course. Um But I I, I do have very strong opinions though, and I just wrote an essay about it um that should be published in Pacific Standards soon. Um, but there are a lot of Florida cliches that sort of bother me because it seems like a lot of people from other places have sort of moved into this uh, subgenre of Florida fiction in particular that very much ignores the history and the beauty of our state. And that really bothers me. Um, in college, I, I got a grant to research Florida history and culture and write stories about it. And that, was, that wasn't the beginning Um, But it definitely sort of helped me along um, in learning more about the state. And there's just so much here. Mm -hmm. We have such a rich past and a dark past. Um, 
and there are people from all over the place here. And I think that's one of the things that I really love about Florida. And I, I love the nature, but I, I love the people too. Um, because, and I, I realized that when I travel, people tend to think of Florida as being semi-homogenous, um, as if there are um, just run-of-the-mill white people and then like a couple of Hispanic people in, in Miami. And that's not how any part of Florida I've ever been in has been like, mm-hmm. um, that we're very multicultural and that there are lots of stories here. And it bugs me that it's like the same weird stereotypical story keeps being told um, because it, it, it almost makes it feel like those other stories don't exist. For sure. Um, and that's, that's messed up. It is. How do we fix that? Um, Just telling the other stories, telling the well, real yeah, stories? Well, yeah, but as, as readers, we need to recognize when we're seeing stereotypes. Um, because we, we are on guard. Like, good readers are on guard for cliches. Mm-hmm. Um, and we usually try to avoid them. And most... Most readers can recognize good stories just automatically without training um, because it's, it's very much universal, I think, um, when like big blockbusters or small stories about people, like it, it, it's the universal things that always stand out to us. Um, but we need to learn a little more about the Florida cliches that keep popping up and um, start noticing the stereotypes more for what they are mm-hmm. um, instead of just sort of being entain- entertained by the, the meme memeiness of them. Um, and we need to start wanting more, honestly. I like it. Yeah. All right. Well, in that vein, mm-hmm. we have some trivia questions for you. Okay. They're about Florida. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not saying you're a subject matter expert, but uh, if you don't get them all right, I'll be very disappointed. If you do get them all right, you also be my best friend for the next week. Okay. For right, you're, you're elevated a level of friendship, not quite to best. Three right, we remain the same friendship status and level. Okay. Two, we actually go down a notch. Oh, no. One or fewer, which would be zero. I become your most bitter enemy. Just for a week. It's kind of exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so you might do that on purpose then. I don't know. I I, I like to get A's. So <laughs> All right. I'm a Very little good. pathological. Simon Time uh, does the trivia for the show and he does shows, trivia shows around town. Okay. Seven nights a week. If you want to learn more about him, you can visit facebook.com slash Simon Time trivia. Are you ready for your first question? Yes. Great. Hey, hey, Nick, it's Simon Time from the Simon Time Trivia Show, and I've got for you five questions about our home state of Florida. Here is question number one. It might seem simple, but you'd be surprised how many people don't know what is the capital of Florida. Let's start out with an easy one. Tallahassee. Very nice. Do you know why they say that Tallahassee was chosen? 
Oh, I... There's a few different reasons, but the I one... I do not remember at all. So location-wise, at the time when they were looking for a state capital, it was right between or equal distance from uh, Jacksonville to, what is it, where the Air Force Base is? Um, is Pensacola or Appalachicola? Pensacola. Pensacola. Yeah, so that's what they said because those were the two biggest mm-hmm. cities at the time Yeah. in Florida. They wanted to put it right in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was nothing here. There was nothing. Yeah. I seem to have gotten, oh, in Orlando, gotten yeah. my, my accent back. So I like I'm, it. I'm sorry. I'll, I like I'll try to fight it off. Oh, wait. Let's see if you had the right answer from Simon Time. Okay. The answer, it's not Disneyland. It is no. Tallahassee. That's one. One and oh. Good. So still could be bitter enemies, okay. but you're on the right path. All right. All right. Here's the next question. Number two, how many different time zones does our home state of Florida have? Um, I think it's two. There's a little sliver of uh, lower Alabama down or up there that is in the other time zone. In the cent- is it central? Yeah, central time central, zone. Yeah. Okay, so you're saying two. I'm probably wrong, but I I don't know. I got to say lower Alabama, so. You did get to say it, and you have that little accent, so yeah. that's nice. Florida is actually divided into two time zones. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Okay, two for two. Yes. So we are at right now a lower level of our current friendship. Okay. Number three. Question number three. The oldest inhabited European established settlement within the borders of the continental United States, it's right here. In the Sunshine State, name that city. St. Augustine. The oldest established, whatever it was. I keep thinking of the oldest establishment, uh, oldest established underground, what is it, crafts game from Guys well, and Dolls. Actually, if it is um, the oldest settlement that not continually established, I think it's the Turnbull Settlement with the uh, Menorcans and um, New Smart Beach. Oh, okay. But usually the answer to that question is St. Augustine. St. Augustine. Yes. Okay. So we'll Most see. people don't know about uh, the Menorcans. <laughs> I think we're quizzing uh, at too easy of a level for yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> the answer is the very awesome St. Augustine. Very nice. Mm-hmm. All right. We are equally good friends okay. as we were prior to this quiz <laughs> starting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The sense of relief for those listeners out there, you wouldn't believe the weight that's come off of her shoulders. Question number four. We talked about the oldest city and we talked about the capital city, but what is the largest city in Florida? That is Jacksonville because it covers the entire area of Duval County. Oh. Yes. Is that why? It is the largest city by area in the United States. Holy guacamole. Yes. Not uh-huh. by population, but by area. By area. Um, by population, um, I think it's Miami. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's see what, uh, what Simon has to say. The answer is Jacksonville. Very nice. Four for four. Yep. Now, you're knocking on the door of being my best friend for the next week. Okay. Do you know what that entails? No. Me neither, because no one's ever gotten it. All five right. Okay. Really? So this will be, I think we have to spend the entire week together. Okay. And hang out. All right. And do fun best friends things. We're going to braid each other's hair. 
Nobody's gotten five questions right, really? I don't think so. I feel like I would remember that. I was going to make a joke, but I, I, I think I'm pressing my luck here. <laughs> All right, let's go with question number right. five. And finally, let's talk about the geography of the Sunshine State. Florida is bordered by what body of water to the west? The Gulf of Mexico. That is the Gulf of Mexico. Those have been your Florida questions, Nick. Thank you so much. We're best friends now. Why weren't the questions hard? I don't know, but we're best friends now. This was a trap. Yep, <laughs> totally. I wanted to be your best friend. Simon time can be heard uh, every all the time, actually, at pftmedia.com. He's got a podcast where he asks trivia questions to people. And then, again, you can see him seven nights a week and participate in trivia shows around town in Orlando. Learn more about that at facebook.com slash Simon Time Trivia. All right, we're going to take a break. Okay. We're going to play a song about Florida by Mofro, which is actually kind of a sad song. Not Jimmy Buffett? No, not <laughs> Jimmy Buffett. And we'll come back. While we're playing the song, we'll try to figure out what it means to be best friends. Okay. All right. Woo-hoo. Oh, no, sorry. I'm just staring into your eyes. Is that part of being a best friend? No. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> Thank you for that. You're going to hear that on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. The To Be Decided just started season four on their YouTube channel. What is The To Be Decided? I just said it's a YouTube channel. Who is The To Be Decided? The hosts are Miller and Davis. They tell some stories, review music, and generally make some really great videos. When are the two be that's redundant? Miller is also responsible for all the bumper music on this episode, in case you were wondering. Check out youtube.com slash the to be decided for more. Back to the show. Mofro on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was Black Water. No, I'm sorry. The name of the album was Blackwater. The song was named Florida because we just did a little bit of Florida trivia. My special guest today, my name is Nick. I have a very special guest every week. This week is no exception. Rebecca Renner is here. Hello. Should I work on some ways to say your name for when you're like being announced on things? Uh, you're pronouncing it correctly, so I would go on doing that. Rebecca Renner yes. is a writer. The end. Yeah. Yes. I like Finn at the end. I, for some reason, um, especially when I was teaching, some of my students would call me Miss Reiner. And so I started saying it's Renner. It rhymes with winner, not with wiener. Did they think you had something to do with the kidneys? I don't know. But they thought the, they like the word wiener and they think it's funny. So I mean, I also think it's funny, so it's, I like saying it. Yeah. You just said it on the radio. <laughs> yes. By the way. Wiener. Well done. You said it again. <laughs> uh, Rebecca, we actually have to get up on out of here. Okay. The show's over. Oh, no. It was a delight to speak with you. If uh, anybody missed a part of the show or any of the show and you want to listen to it later, it will be up next Tuesday as a podcast, wherever you get podcasts, or you can listen to it at to a certain degree.com. I would also encourage you to go to 
Rebecca's site because you can follow her there and mm-hmm. I'm sure you'll put a link to it somewhere on your site. Yeah, Just maybe, maybe as a blog post. Maybe I'll update my blog. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> nice. And that's Rebecca hyphen Renner and that's R E N N E R. Yes. Dot uh, com. Yes. Or Rebecca Renner dot W T F. And then if you want to follow her on Twitter, you're on some of the other social medias as well, but Twitter is your main yeah, outlet. I'm, I'm not good at, taking pictures and I don't own lots of expensive fancy things so I'm not good at Instagram um but I I do do Twitter because Twitter um as you may have heard is the Instagram for people who like yelling okay um and that is Rebecca Renner FL FL as in Florida all right at Rebecca Renner FL uh, when did you get on Twitter and when did you realize it was like the the medium that you enjoyed mm. the most? And I'm using enjoy very loosely. I don't, I do like it. Um, I don't know why I like it as much as I do. Um, I made my account in uh, 2009 um, back when people were just uh, tweeting about um, walking up the stairs and eating a hamburger Mm, um, much simpler days. Yes, simpler times. Um, before we were yelling about politics at the top of our lungs um, and caps lock became cool again. Um, but now I seem to be tweeting too much about uh, my pets recently, but I but people seem to like that. So, all right. Um, I also tweet about writing uh, usually not politics, but sometimes because I do write about politics sometimes. Uh, what else do I? Um, books. What's about you books? Wrote, I, Movies, you, TV shows. You're also asking a lot of questions of other authors and other people yes. who are trying to become writers. Yes. Or I, I do like to start conversations because I think that is um, a good use of the medium. Mm-hmm. Um, I like being able to have conversations with people. Um, and there are some more famous writers who are more blocked off. And I, I understand that because your your time is your own and that's fine. Um, and I, I'm like that sometimes too. Like we all need our, our, our safe little bubble. Um, but I also enjoy talking to, there are several authors who I consider my friends mm-hmm. who are doing great things and winning prizes. And I, I, I'm so, well, sometimes I'm a little jealous of them, but I'm so proud of them and I'm so happy that they're doing these amazing things. I'm so happy that they're writing these wonderful books because that means that there are more fantastic things in the world to read. Um, but yeah, it's it's great for interacting with people who you don't usually see all the mm-hmm. time like that. So that's why I like it. That's great. Mm-hmm. All right, so follow Rebecca there. And uh, I would imagine most of your listings of your works are on your website, right? You have a pretty current list of stuff? Yes, I think so. I, I just realized that um, one of my pages, like this more central place that looks like it, it would have everything, doesn't. Um, but there's a, a front page with tiles, uh, hmm. pictures that everything goes through there. Very I just nice. need to poke around a little deeper and update it a bit. <laughs> Nice. So I'm going to plug um, 
uh, to a certain degree.com. Again, you can see all the past guests. You can see some future stuff. You can get to all my social medias. And if you'd like to follow me and subscribe, uh, next week coming up is Kat Whitaker and Joshua Martin. They'll be here. We'll be talking about something movie related. They put on uncomfortable brunch, which Mm. is a monthly event over at Will's pub where they show an artistically important, but incredibly uncomfortable movie every month and then uh you can drink and eat and hang out with friends and watch that movie it was a obviously um i guess not obviously but if you didn't know roger waters has made a number of different and uncomfortable movies and they showed one yesterday as a matter of fact so you can learn more about that at a comfortable brunch on i think the facebook would probably be the best way to get in touch with them Mm -hmm. or you can just listen to the show next week rebecca let's shake hands on air let me just wipe my hand off because I think that makes for good radio. Very nicely done. Any advice you have for me? For you. At all. Now that we're best friends. What do you want to talk about? What are the heartfelt oh, things no. you want to talk about? What's the first thing we're going to talk about as soon as we get off the air? Um, I think we're going to eat breakfast. Great. Oh, wait. I already ate breakfast. Okay. I don't know. I need coffee. <laughs> Great. We're going to talk about coffee. Let's listen to uh, one more song. This is going to be Zambri from their album House of Bassa with 100 Hearts on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You've been listening to a certain degree. Stay tuned for the Orlando Theater Hour. Do you pronounce the H an hour? Like Herb? Hour. Yes, like Herb. Exactly like that. Yes. So, yeah? Okay, great. Uh, You're listening to WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. And that's the show. Thanks for listening to A Certain Degree. Where do you go from here? Tell your friends about how awesome this episode was. Subscribe to the show wherever you subscribe to them. And also check out toacertaindegree.com. That's T-O-A, certaindegree.com. Thanks for listening. I'll truly miss our little talks.